but like my favorite thing about so like could you imagine like you think about in the past like what's the equivalent of a celebrity following each other un- unfollowing each other on instagram in like medieval times what's the what's the equivalent there is it just like not accepting an invitation to a banquet is it asking for the horses back i don't know asking for the horses back yeah because they used to fucking breed sometimes knights and lords would have like thoroughbred horses and they'd fucking trade them as a mark of respect wouldn't they i'd say weapons but how are you <laughs> weapons back off him well what are you on about Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In Around Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Will. <laughs> you hurt yourself so much there. What has happened there? You look like unsure if your name was still Will. No, what happens is every week I do it exactly the same with exactly the same cadence and exactly the same speed. And if it's it's like it's like it's like baking a cake. If you if you put salt in instead of sugar, it goes wrong. I think that's fair to say. Good. Okay, right. Um, joining me this week, um, like every week, is the Mosley Marauder, Mr. David Harris, Mr. DH himself, Dangerous Dave, A A K A, A A K A. The wimpy wazzock. The wimpy wazzock. Fuck off. And also joining him. Also joining us is uh, Sports Media's number one Joel Linton correspondent. Soon to be in huge demand as an entire country try and figure out who the hell that is playing as a wide target man for Newcastle. It's Mr. Mike Bresson. Yeah, I've, I have had a busy weekend on Saudi Arabian news channels. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just taking a bit of time out to do the podcast just now um, and tell them about their star striker. <laughs> well, that, that, what just let's just assume that the podcast, it, like the way the podcast blew up, was that <laughs> was that people were searching the internet for the most mentions of Joel Linton in the media. <laughs> And they're like, all right, there's these lads, these three lads. You've got to get through a bit of inane chat about the Azerbaijan League and expected Mackies. But eventually you get to some Joel Linton talk. And then we get Mike on Saudi Arabian TV. Be in sports. Mike, Andy Gray, Richard Keys, the trio, that is. What a squad, by the way. What a squad. Um, so we said we wouldn't podcast, but look at us again. Back on pod again. Um. Couldn't stay away, could we? Couldn't stay away. Uh, huge news. Uh, a week after we said that we wanted Newcastle relegated, Newcastle became the richest club in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have such bad luck. Oh, my God. I look forward to Burnley being bought by Elon Musk tomorrow. Um, so, this takeover has been in the um, in the offing for a while now. Um was blocked by the Premier League because of, uh, I believe... This is where it gets complicated. There was a ban on being sports and Saudi Arabia were doing state-sponsored piracy or something. Yeah. yeah. As we know, the only rights the Premier League cares about are TV rights. So um, they moved swiftly on and they uh, they ratified this. And now Newcastle are the richest club, certainly in the league, so probably in the world. I mean, I'm not quite sure where they come down in the... Um, Qatar versus PSG moments, but um, 
react instant reactions when you heard the news let's start with you mr jolinton superfan yeah uh it'd be good to see the back of bruce so that jolinton can become the striker he's always meant to be <clears throat> yeah looking forward to it the new Firmino will finally deliver up north um no i think it i mean it's obviously going to take a little while it's pretty wild the amount of money they have um it's going to take a while to turn them into what they want to be which i think is challenging for leagues etc um but yeah obviously we shouldn't forget the stuff that um bin salman is it has possibly been involved in or appears to have been involved in but yeah, I don't think Newcastle fans really care because they've finally seen the back of Mike Ashley, which uh, which is probably a good thing for the league. Agreed. Dave? Yeah, sort of relief for Newcastle fans, to be fair. Uh, just intrigued as well, really. I want to see what they can do. It's quite uh, forgetting like who the owners are. I think it's just exciting that there could be I'm just interested to see what they'll do, basically, with like the money and everything, and and see how they'll be within like a couple of years. Okay, should we um, should we have a look at this season and how this perhaps changes the outlook of this season? Um, because nothing's going to happen too soon, is it? Um, Mike, you on our on our document, you've got the um the question mark next to sack Bruce. Um, why the question mark? <laughs> Uh, the only thing I would say is if they, if he can keep them near enough staying up by the time you get to January and you can add some more quality, which I'm assuming they're going to do uh, in January, potentially you don't need to sack him. But I think the the idea the whole time has been we want a new man in. So I'm assuming, obviously, I've, I've put the question mark there just because it hasn't happened yet, basically. <laughs> uh, and I, I'd assumed they would have someone lined up and they would they would have just done it um if that makes sense because the the international break seems like a good time to to get your man in we discussed it with that with Watford didn't we mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly so that's kind of as the days go on he's still there as far as we know mm. um i guess it'll be interesting to see maybe you give him a couple of games i don't know but i'm assuming he's he's on his way Dave, it's as it's as clear as um, I was going to say clear as mud, but that's not clear at all. It's just really clear. <laughs> it's just really clear to me, Dave, that um, Steve Bruce is a dead man walking when it comes to the Newcastle manager's position. Is that actually is that being common knowledge a real detriment to their how the kind of product they're going to be putting out on the pitch? Because those players must be sat in that dressing room looking at him, thinking, I mean. You might as well be fighting a cabbage pal because you're not, you're not got any power here anymore. Yeah, no, but yeah, no one, none of the fans want him to be there. I think it's clear that even in the footballing world, in terms of pundits, even just everyone really commenting on football was like Bruce isn't really good enough. The team aren't playing well enough, and maybe I've been, I'm sure in that dressing room, some of the players think we can play better than this but the manager won't set us up any differently so i yeah like you say i'll be surprised if he's still in the job by the first game after the international break i think he'll be i think he'll be gone and they'll have someone in whether it's 
like an interim person they've identified to see out the rest of the season and then make a bigger appointment next season. I don't know. But he's got he's got to go really, hasn't he? He does indeed. Um so Mike, you you mentioned January signings. Um what are you anticipating they do in January? I'm assuming they bring in a couple of, at least a couple of people, improve the squad, and, and basically ensure that they are going to stay up this mm-hmm. season. Um, that, that's that's clearly the main objective, I think, of this season. Bringing a couple of new faces, maybe a bit of star quality. I mean, I think you kind of go down the route of City, where you add one or two each window. Um, it's hard to say who they're going to go for straight away given we don't know who the manager is going to be um but yeah i would think they'll they'll sign hopefully some some decent players (laughs) they're not going to go mad straight away that that's for sure but yeah i i can't give you any names obviously but i think maybe you can expect two or three to come through the door at probably decent prices that they wouldn't have got obviously if Ashley was there still and probably if Bruce was there as well I think I think a new manager opens you up to some new players probably I mean if we're talking what kind of calibre of player are we expecting to see because obviously you say someone's the richest club in the world you assume that they're going to have access to because of the money and stuff they're going to have access to top 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 tier players but that's not going to be the case if you're asking them to sign on for a relegation battle. Um, so what kind of what kind of tier of player are you expecting to see in January, Dave? Maybe not. What who are you expecting to see? Maybe not a name, but that kind of yeah. level. I actually think Newcastle might try and sign five or six players. To be honest, in the window, mm-hmm. if as long as they have the funds to. All they're looking for is players, really, that are going to give them 7 out of 10 every week because they don't even have that at the moment. They just need better players given those sort of performances. Most most of the league's looking of, for 7 out of 10 every week. OK, but what I mean is that their overall squad, there's definitely some areas where they want to improve. So I wouldn't be surprised if rather than 2 or 3, there was 5 or 6 players. However, in terms of calibre of players, I think you'd really be looking at... Um, for example, Man United, uh, obviously these are just rough names. Maybe someone like Axel Twanzibi, you think he's a good enough player, he's coming from Man United. Um, obviously, like you say, they'll have loads of money, but I don't think they have the reputation to get any real finished products now. Not of high, like really high level. They could maybe just sign players who would have been dubious about coming before. So, like I say, someone like Axel Twanzibi... Maybe like Van der Beek on loan from Man United. Those sort of players. Um, if they're going to get any marquee signing as such, it's not obviously it's not going to be like City. You manage to sign Rubinho like in a team of players not really anywhere near that calibre. I don't I don't think that's possible. Is it, but it, is there a worry that you you buy these players who they keep you up this they might they help keep you up this season, but they're maybe the B's, this, that kind of tier, like a, a B tier, a C tier, a C plus tier. Like they're they're obviously an improvement on what's in there, 
mm. now, but maybe assuming they could be late twenties or something, they're kind of, that's kind of short term thinking that. I mean, particularly at the start of City, like you mentioned, Rubini, it's interesting. We saw City took City took a while to get access to some of the the better players. Like you think of those early transfer windows, Benjani, Joe, Elano, things like that. After they first got the money, before they got the real, real money. So it t- it took a while for them to build. I think yeah. I think that's where yeah I think that's where it will be. That's why I wouldn't sign five or six of them because then you end up with. But they may well end up doing that, and Dave could be spot on. But that's why I wouldn't do it because <clears throat> you'll yeah. end up with these people oh, picking it's... up ridiculous wages. Ah, you mean you you end up with Danny Drinkwater and Ross Barkley? Well, there you go. There's two great examples, exactly. Yeah. That's but but maybe that. Well, who knows? Maybe Ross Barkley could make a return at let, someone like Newcastle. That might me, not be. A let me tell idea. you right now, Amanda Staveley, if you've got. <laughs> 60 70 million and you want to spend it just right let me introduce you to the scouse icon ross barkley he's the best <laughs> scouse midfielder to ever play in the premier league so uh, <laughs> perhaps could be of interest to you um what do you so this is this is a question that's going to be it's going to be really hard to and un... really hard to kind of to answer so that's why i'm throwing it here mid podcast what do you what kind of model are you expecting them to follow here because and when i say when i say model let's just talk with you like obviously when you think of the in terms of big money moves in the premier league big money coming in you sort of you saw you've got chelsea and city kind of example you had city is probably the interesting one because the first time the money came in it didn't really click they had sven they had that that Thai businessman, it was all a bit weird. He got into, oh, yeah. he got into jail. It was a bit strange. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they had the big money. But even then, it was a bit of a scatter approach. They bought big players. They bought big names like Rubinho, players who weren't necessarily suited to the Premier League. And then when the other money came in, they sort of got it right. And they bought they bought a spine like Aguero Silver. And then when they decided they wanted Pep, they got in all the director of football, they got the coaching, they got the facilities, they got all of that in place and laid the foundations to be really successful. And on the other end is QPR, who spaff so much money up the wall and then were one of the worst Premier League teams I've ever seen. So what do you? how do you think it's going to go at Newcastle? Do you think we're going to see them sort of play it cool and then sort of build to a sustained success? Or do you think... That given the expectations of Newcastle fans, we're going to see some really rampant spending over the next couple of windows. I, I think that this this January they're going to buy more quantity than perhaps quality, just because. I mean, I will say with Ashley, he did actually put money out. Really, if you look at the players they they bought and whatever, but. The players are going to want the fans. Sorry, are going to want to see some signings. I think if they can make that change, which makes their finishing position this season as good as it can be, that then has them more to build on when it comes to attracting bigger players in the summer window for next season. I think that's realistically what they're going to have to try and do: build a bit for short term. I don't think they should sign players that are like 29. For example, Axel Tanzibi is like 24. It's a player that could be good in the future. Probably improves. Are you his agent? <laughs> no, I'm just saying he's a perfect example for the sort of player they would want to sign. It's, I think. It's the second per- time you brought it. 
Axel Twin Xavier up on this one. No, but I'm just, to get him a I'm move just to saying, Sound How much are they paying you, sir? <laughs> yeah, but how are Newcastle going to sign like a real top player now? Oh, yeah. yeah, relegation candidates. They're going to have to bring in a few players that, that improve what they currently have, then look at any real, real big signings and statements of intent next in, in the summer, I think. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I think the City one's probably the one to follow, and I think that's kind of the out. I'd have thought that's where they're looking. Um, yeah. To begin with, it's going to be difficult, I mm-hmm. think, as Dave says rightly, to bring in. You, you just can't get the top-tier talent because there's no track record of anything other than yeah. you've got a lot of money here. So you're going to get <laughs> maybe Oscar will return to the Premier League. You never know. Oscar? Does he still play? What's wait, he doing? wait, Chelsea Oscar? Yeah, yeah, why not? Why have you pulled him out of the bag? Well, because he went money-grabbing abroad, didn't he? So now he can come grab some money back here. <laughs> i tell you what, Oscar's got more Premier Leagues than Steven Gerrard, so there you are. Well, he might be able to come win another one with Newcastle, you never know. Uh, uh, is, yeah, it just me? is it just me, or did Oscar actually look really good at one point? Oscar was very, Oscar was very good in a title-winning team. He was a good player. Okay, well, that's fine. I just yeah. wanted confirmation from you. Well, well. Yeah, he was a good okay. player. He was a good player, yeah. He wasn't perfect, but he was fine. Um, but yeah, obviously it's going to take some time to build the track record, get them up the league a little bit. So managers-wise, I'd imagine this first appointment, maybe even the second one, they're not going to get them top four, are they, in the next <laughs> no. foreseeable three or yeah, four years? Probably. Won the job from someone, wouldn't it? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think... It, the good thing is they've said they, they're happy to be patient, the owners, which <laughs> whether that's actually the case or not, we don't know. But mm. as long as they're sending the signal out, that's that seems like a good sign to me. They're going to have to be because I think it is going to take a few managers, a fair few windows to overhaul this squad. Mm. I mean, the squad's not bad, but it's not. It's not even close to a a European challenging squad, is it? No. I think the other problem for Newcastle is um, it's been talked about for years that Mike Ashley, yeah, he did put some money for players, but he didn't put his hand in his pocket to improve anything up at the club. So mm. I think I think their training facilities aren't particularly well regarded, and St James's Park has fallen apart. Um, so I think they probably have to like because at the end of the day, mm. lads, like the money is the money gets to be so much that. It, it doesn't matter as much to the players, if you know what I mean. So players can go get 250k a week at City, United, uh, Chelsea. They can go get that money in the Premier League already. And what what comes at the end of the day, what comes down to it is understanding, looking, is this a club that I know about and has perhaps won is known for winning things? Is this a club with great facilities where I'm gonna be able to go on? With my, I'm going to be able to take my game to the next level. Who am I working under for a coach? Is this a great city to live? If this yeah, is a great thing to live. Me and my missus want to live here. <laughs> yeah, and these are the things that, obviously not the city part, but the, particularly the facilities, that's the things that they really need to get into place before they take that next step to being a top club. Because it, it doesn't matter, because let's be honest, winning a football match is what goes way beyond the 90 minutes at the weekend yeah it's all about the preparation and if you haven't got the right facilities you're you're scuppered yeah so there's two more 
expensive things that they need to sort as well. But I can't see Mbappe doing any interviews saying, all right, Pet, anytime soon. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, but yeah, I think it's still a long way away. How how long do, do you guys give it till they can compete at the top like they're saying they want to? Probably, probably six to eight years to be at the top. And that's if things go well. To be honest, yeah, no yeah you, you've got to get appointments and signings right, haven't you, for that? Yeah. So, in February 2016, Mashiri bought Everton. <laughs> He's got. He is. It's probably the closest thing we've had since um, City. Um, he spent. Well, I think over three years, the wages have doubled. He spent 450 million, and we've had. No, they've had no Champions League qualifications. And then financial fair play started to bite them in the ass. And as you can see, they can't quite keep chasing. They can't keep chasing Champions League qualification. And I say that to this point. How long it takes Newcastle is entirely dependent on that, the way they go about it. Because if they chase it really hard in the next three to four years and don't get it, which I'm going to be honest, is going to be tough because the quality in the league is so high and it's established mm-hmm. quality. Um, if they chase it really hard and they, and they don't get it, um, that could set them back for ages and ages and ages and take it even more. But if they consistently build over, let's say over five to six years to go from conference league to Europa league, to champions league, to ta- challenging for titles, that's the kind of progression that you would probably expect to be a bit more linear. But honestly, guessing how long it takes them to compete at the top could be anything. And that depends if um, the owners decide that they want to stick around at the club and once it's served its purposes of causing people to forget a few things. Um, so looking at the managers that are linked to perhaps uh, joining the club, um, Lucien Favre, ex um Borussia Dortmund manager, Antonio Conte, never heard of him, um, Roberto Martinez, possibly the uh, the worst good manager around, um, and Steven Gerrard, who um, will be bringing Ross Barkley back, so a scouse lad can finally win a title, and um, Eddie Howe, Dave's uh, best mate. So um, from that list, who do you like? And who can you think is actually a realistic appointment? Well, I don't like Martinez. He's the one of, one of the five that I, I don't like. Well, Conte's not going there either, so you can scrub him off. Uh, well, the Newcastle Chronicle is reporting that Conte is interested. Oh, my God. I'm also interested if they want to report that. <laughs> I want to see Joel Linton under Conte. I want to see it more than I think I want to see anything else. But there we are. Imagine. That would be sensational. Um, uh, Father doesn't seem like a terrible idea. He is the favourite at the moment. That makes sense. Seem too bad. Anyhow, kind of makes sense. Yeah, I think how makes sense. Even Gerard after the job he's done at Rangers, but I don't know if he would leave. Either I don't know because he's he's looking to win the title again. I, I'm not sure if he'd leave right now. Okay. You can live in Scotland. You can live in Newcastle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if, if Conte goes there, I'll be stunned. Uh, I'd. He's a serial winner. He'll want you to win straight away. And that's that's where you might run into some problems. Um, Favre is really interesting because his Dortmund team played a really expansive style. And it feels very much to me like um, the Manuel Pellegrini appointment at City where they played some stodgy football um, under Mancini. And they sort of 
went a bit expansive and he wasn't a perfect manager and but they, they had some good times and when you think about the last couple of managers Newcastle have had and how boring and dull and dour it's been someone like Favre who plays a much more open possession game could be really interesting I think that would be a bit of fun and you, we're obviously we're not expecting him to do crazy things to begin with so yeah why not for what it's worth um, anyhow would be a uh, a really weird but maybe good appointment. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm not sure it fits very well, but I don't care. It's I, a, I want him back in the league. It's a weird one because who do you think's experienced enough to oversee the start of the process? Well, no one really knows how to well, do this, do they? Well, well, it, Svenin, he's so, probably available. What's really important for them, <laughs> what's really important for them is, is, building the right way and and sort of set not I don't this is going to sound really wanky but like culture setting like and Eddie Howe uh, like it like it or not at Bournemouth and you can debate the how it went at Bournemouth at the end but he set a really attractive style he coached players in that way they seem to have a pretty good atmosphere at the club and that's the kind of he might be the kind of person you need in these early stages he's not going to win you a league title at this stage of his career but there's worse play there's worse people to have holding the there's worse people to have in that seat than a than a likable person who plays good football yeah they want Ollie might be available soon if they want one here yeah. Well, whoever they get in, it would be nice to have um, <laughs> to have because <laughs> what was that stat last week that the you were like uh, you said to me that I think Newcastle fans are the only team that would swap their manager for Manchester United. So yeah. it's finally done. Even that's close, isn't it? Yeah. Would you? If t- there are any Newcastle fans that somehow still listen to this podcast after the amount of slating we've we've given you? Let us know. Deservedly would- so. Deservedly so as well. Yeah, they probably agree with most of it in fairness, but let us know. Ollie or, or Brucey. I could tell you the answer to that. Um <laughs> Do you want to talk about the elephant in the room? It's not a very nice way to talk about Joel Linton, well. <laughs> Alright, I'll take that as a no then. Um I don't actually know what you're getting at, Will, for what it's worth. What do you mean? What's the elephant in the room that you want to discuss? Well, the fact that this is a, it's a fairly large one. A prime example of sports washing. Well, yes. Okay. I, I didn't know if we were going to discuss anything like that. That was all. They did well, it last time, you, so we probably should. What do you make of the way the takeover's been covered? Because it's been quite prominent... Um, the discussions. I, I think Alan Shearer had an article on the Athletic where he said he's delighted to see Ashley go, but he feels a bit conflicted about um, the regime that's come in. It's, it's hard, isn't it? Because if you're a fan, yeah, it's not your fault that no. they've decided to take over the club. And also, somehow it's it, it's got past the, the Premier League have, have signed it off. Yeah. So in that sense, I do feel for the the fans because everyone some people are calling for that they should they shouldn't be happy or that whatever but you can understand why Newcastle fans would be happy that Ashley's gone and 
anyone's turned up. It's particularly someone or a, a state with this much money. But I think, to be fair, to most journalists, it has been covered fairly well in that it's all almost most of the things I've seen, it, it gets mentioned. Mm-hmm. So if you if you read the articles or you listen to po- other podcasts, but whatever, you you probably know what we're talking about. I would say. Yeah. I don't know if, don't know if you guys have a different experience for what you've seen, yeah. but I think for the most part, it's been covered, and then it's up to the Newcastle fans, and I guess it was up to the Premier League as to whether you want to stick with your team, or if and the Premier League to sign it off, which obviously they have. Which yeah. I think is interesting, given that overnight, basically. Yeah, and it's not the only example of sports washing in the league, at least, because you would assume that. I mean, if you were to if you to believe believe in sports washing and how it is, you would have to argue that City also yeah. are involved in that and PSG. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend that there are thousands of really nice owners in the league. I know my club has a has one has problems with its very own owner um so it's not a, a perfect world but it just feels to me that particularly in the era of post super league where we've talked a lot about owners and checks and balances that need to be in place and things like that to invite another um group who have a few issues apparently um it just feels a particularly interesting decision that the premier league's taken what do you think of them being granted permission, Dave? Are you surprised? Um, it's a tough one, really, because I am surprised because obviously what they stand for, let's be honest, is it's not good things, is it? Everyone knows the you know the human rights sort of side of everything. But on the other foot, well, at the end of the day, if I government keeps doing business with this country can you really then be like okay they can't get involved in sport to be honest so i find it interesting i I get that loads of people are against it and i I totally understand but at the end of the day it's it's a very tricky sort of line I, i think i don't really agree with it but at the same time, if it's gone through all these checks that they didn't, like, as a necessity, then I'd, I don't know. Maybe that. I would like to know what the checks are that the Premier League does. Do you have money? Can you prove it keep having money for a long time? Yeah. Because I know this, the interesting thing with this one is... But, particularly given some of the things that they accused of have not been proven but are accepted as facts widely yeah well, the fbi wrote that thing didn't they that basically said he he ordered it yeah yeah of the journalist yeah yeah but not which proven in a court deny, just to say yeah not proven in a court of law which obviously no. gives the premier league wiggle room but it isn't i just thought particularly in the aftermath of the absolute the swelling of support there was for power, more power to the fans and more checks and balances on owners, for example. It's just interesting it's come through. And um, uh, Piers Morgan's tweet about uh, uh, how he was expecting the journalists to... Uh, the journalists will be going to the Qatar World Cup 
despite crying about this was uh, one He's of the most donkey. it was one of the most stunningly ignorant things I've ever read or heard and I podcast once a week with Dave well, <laughs> he is a donkey uh, right that was a bit of a downer ending but a necessary ending I think ladies and gentlemen it can't always be Kinsuke Honda's wonder hour every week away the Honda as we know um, Mike your XM for this week yeah I uh, well actually I, I don't know whether to change it to XTA oh okay takeaways. I can't oh, XT's already gone for expected threat the new stat for this season so I can't couldn't use that but uh, I have had a McDonald's this week I'm yeah. just going to tweet a photo of the bag but I forgot so sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, if if it goes to expected takeaways, it's going to be a big number. Yeah, big you. number. Big number. Um, yeah. Anyway, if you want to see uh, pictures of Mike's McDonald's bags when he remembers to take the photos, you can follow him <laughs> at, at Mikey Presses on Twitter. Um, Dave, uh, have you got a stat for the uh, Newcastle takeover? It's not about Newcastle, but I just oh, well, let, take us away then. Well, it's a start I just found interesting, really. Uh-huh. Christ, hold on, I've closed the tab. Well, improvise. <laughs> improvise, improvise. Uh, Wazak of the Week will do it. And for the last and final time, Wazak of the Week is Mike Ashley. For yeah. thoroughly ru- ruining a good football club, stinking up the place, and genuinely being a massive douchebag. There you are. There you go. There you go. He really is. Have you opened the tab, Dave? Hold on, I'm trying to find it again. Well, what were you using? Ash Jeeves. Why is it taking this long? <laughs> no, I can't find the thing again. Right. Well, if you want to hear Dave's stat, you can follow him at Dave Harris underscore 44, where he'll be tweeting out the stat when he's found it, because it'll be in three days' time. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow me, you can follow me at WillHunt17, but please don't. Please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including. Mum's net. Um, and if you want to, if you want to listen to the uh, the betting podcast, you can do so. It'll be published on this feed at the end of the week. You are coming back this week, aren't you, Michael? Yeah, we are indeed. Back to in. full slate of fixtures, so that'll be good. Fantastic news. Um, but until the meantime, uh, what's Saudi Arabia for goodbye? <laughs> we'll have it for you for next week. Next we'll have week. Next week, next week. Um, but until then, Sayonara. Sayonara. Sorry, did you say Sayonara or Brian Lara? <laughs> sayonara. You-